Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Compelled by love. That's the, uh, the title of what God gave me today is just compelled by love. And I hope I get to it at the end. This was all birthed out of John 2, uh, John chapter 2, you know, Jesus' first miracle, the water into wine. And it'll make sense once I get towards the end if I have enough time. So I'm going to move a little bit quickly. First John, so in 1 John 4, 15 and 16, the ESV, it says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe that believe the love that God has for us. God is love. That's going to be the theme throughout all this. I'm going to keep coming back to that. I'm going to keep saying it. God is love. And whoever abides in love uh, abides in God, and God abides in him. God is love. What, what has God's love done for you? Think about that. Think about the times. When has God's love pulled you out, and in what form did it? Did it pull you? Was it was it your mom? Was it your mom praying for you? Was it your mom, you know, physically keeping you from something? I I know one way that God's love, and I've said that this here before, through my mom kept me out of trouble. I can think of specific times where my mom has brought me to church or made me go to. Uh, worship practice or something, things that I did not want to do because me and my friends were about to do something that I know she wouldn't approve of, live streaming, so I'm going to say all of it right now. <laughs> there literally has been times where I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to go to church and I just want to stay here. And I was like, uh, no, you're coming. I don't know what you're about to do or why you want to say, but God's love through my mom, like she was trying to raise me in the church. There's been times I know that my, my, my grandma I would get woken up in the middle of the night, uh, spend the night at her house. My mom was a single mom, and I, st- I spent a lot of time with my grandma. And, and I remember, like, even when I was, like, really little, sleeping in the same bed with her and then getting woken up super early because she woke up first thing in the morning early, and she would kneel next to the bed, and she would pray for the whole family. She would pray for all of us. My mom now has even adopted things where she, she texts me, I got one today. I talked about it in the first gathering, and then I got one uh, at 11:11 every single day. My mom sends me a screenshot of her phone that says 11:11. It says I'm praying for you. She prays for me for one minute every day at 11:11. I know she prays more than that, but she knows every day she will stop whatever she's doing to pray for me. She does it for my girls. I think Mia's is 10:10, uh, and she has one for Lily and every, and my son. And she she prays for us. And so this just got me thinking: like, if God is love. What has God's love, like, it just, I want us to get in myself, like, what did, what did his love do for me? When are the times that, man, I just needed it? But then also I think of so many times when I, and I, when I was receiving it through my mom, through my dad, through my grandparents, through so many people, through my wife, and I didn't even know that that was God's love that I was receiving at that moment. Just when it, when it covers you and you don't even know it, to me, that's the best. That's the best when God's like, it doesn't matter. You didn't ask for it. You probably did something where you don't actually deserve it in that moment, 
But God's like, it's here anyways. Why? It simply says, God is love. He cannot separate that. God is love. You have God, you have love. So with that concept, God is love, what is the first thing that love, God, did for us? What is the very first thing he did? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The first thing that love did was create. The first thing that love for us did was create. And so God is love. His first task, his first thing that he did with us in mind, he knew you before the foundations of the earth. So with you in mind, with me in mind, first thing he did, first thing love did was create. Moving on to 1 John 4, 17. So I'm, I'm breaking down 16, 17, and 18, kind of just going bit by bit through it. 1 John 4, 17, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. That is, that, I don't think I paused as long on this in the first game, like, I want you guys to catch the weight of that. We're saying God is love. And then in the next verse, it's saying, because as he is, so also are we in this world. The one that created, love created, and he says, as I am, I want you to be in this world. What is your love supposed to do? We were created in the image of God. We were created in the image of love. I, I believe if God is love, then Jimmy is love. Then Jamadi is love. Then Gigi is love. Then Matt is love. You can't separate love from God. So you cannot separate love from your true nature. You might not act like you love people. There might be times when you don't feel like you want to. Thank God that our identity is not attached to our feelings or even the things that we do sometimes, because if that was true then it would be true that I am very early on in my life, I was a very, very mean person. I prided myself on lying. I could lie my way out of any situation. It, it became a game to me very early on. That's not who I am. I have asked God, what is the pure version of that? Because I don't ever want to be like that again. And I'm like, and I, I know that the enemy was twisting and perverting something that God put in me. And he says, because now all I want to do is say the truth. All I want to do now, I want to speak his truth. I want the opportunity to be able to speak into people's lives and, and take the lies that they've heard and inject the promises of God. So thank God that the things I've done before did not make me who I am today. What he did what God, what Jesus did on the cross, that was my validation. That's what made me who I am today. That's what makes you who you are today. And when God says, because as, when the Bible says, because as he is, so also are we in this world, do you understand the weight of that? Do you understand that call that you get to be loved? God is love. You are love as he is in this world, so are you. So what is your love supposed to do? What's, to me, what's the first thing your love is supposed to do then? We have to bring it back. What is the first thing love did? Created.
create? What is your love creating? Are you creating atmospheres of safety? What, what, did, what did love create in the beginning? A perfect harmony, utopia, like it was perfection. Is your love creating that? Do not use this to beat yourself up, please. There is no condemnation in this. I'm simply, I'm simply pointing out your potential, your call, your identity, your destiny. Like, just because you, you feel like my love hasn't created anything up to this point, okay. There was a belief system in there somewhere that told you that you weren't good enough to do these things to create these atmospheres, and those are lies. That's junk. You were created in the image of God. God is love. First thing he did was create, and he said, I need you to be in this world the same way that I was. So your identity is to create through love. It's, 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 it's facts. It's the word. How do we create with our love? I love this verse. I, love these, I just love these scriptures. You guys, I had probably twice as much scripture as I do now, and I had to, like, God, I do not have that much time. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 in the ESV. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does, it does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not, reject, uh, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Thank you, God. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And the first sentence in 8 uh, which I don't think is up there, is love never ends. That word love that was used over and over again there is the same word of love that was used in 1 John. It's agape. I, I wanted to check. I'm like, all right, God, like, was it maybe a different form of love? Was, is, no, it's the exact same word, agape. And so if in 1 John it's telling us God is love, I don't know, I just felt like I wanted to replace every word here. God is patient and kind. God does not envy or boast. God is not arrogant or rude. God does not insist on its own way. That one was a little hard for me. I was like, his way is the best way. Like, there, there is no other way. Why would he not insist on his own way? Like, when I'm right, I insist that I'm right. I fight sometimes for when I'm right. And he always brings me back. I've said this so many times. Like, God is a gentleman. His love will never be forced on you. He is a love, and he, he, he set all this up for you, but because he's a gentleman, even though his way is the best and the right way, he will never force that on you. He will never insist on his own way. He simply submits it and says, here, follow me. It's your choice. It's your choice to walk in this. Uh, God is not irritable or resentful. God does not rejoice in wrongdoing. God rejoices with truth. God bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. God's love never ends. At the end of 13, it says, and for these things, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now replace all of that with your name. Jimmy is patient and kind. Jimmy does not envy or boast. Jimmy is not arrogant or rude. And I'm not, like, these are the things that I want us to see. Like, no, 
please, I'm not, don't email me, email Caleb. He'll give you his email. Caleb at trpfamily.org. I got other things to do. I am not saying we are God, but we were created in the image of God. And according to this, he is saying that because as he is, so also are we in this world. That, I, I'm taking that to heart. I asked God so many times. It took me two weeks to, come, to really feel good about this because I kept looking for the deep. I kept looking for the revelation. I kept looking. I'm like, God, no, there's something more. There's something hidden. There's something hidden. And he said, just read the words. Read the words. There is mysteries in the words, some that we will never understand until we get to heaven. But there's so many times that he's like, do you believe what is said right here? Do you believe that you can be in this world the same thing that God was, that you can love the way God did, that he, he lays it out in 1 Corinthians to be patient and kind and don't envy or boast, not arrogant or rude. If he is love, God is love. We were created in God's image, and he says to be in this world as he is. It is our job to adapt these principles, to adapt these identities because that's what he created us to do. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What always jumps out to me, for God so loved the world that he gave. His love compelled him to give. What is your love compelling you to do? See, first, it's, you got to get, you got to understand who you are. You got to understand that God is love and that you were creating his image, that you are love. And that it, it's, your, it's your job that in this world, you know, first thing God did was create. So what is your love creating? When you create something, you know, I can't think of any other analogy, so I'm sorry for this. Uh, but like me and Gigi, we created kids. Those are important. They're important to me. They're my, they're my everything. I sometimes don't treat them that way. But I will, in a heartbeat, when God lets me know that I did not do, I did not act like him today towards my kids, I will not let them go to bed thinking anything different. I will make sure, I'll wake them up if I have to, to apologize if I did not treat them with love. If I was not the good representation of the Father to them today. They're my gift. God gave his gift to us knowing exactly what was going to happen. Knowing for thousands of years how many people would not care about it. Knowing how much we would abuse his love, how much people would even abuse his word for their own gain. So I said, no, this is my gift. His love compelled him to give. God is love. And it compelled him to give his greatest gift to people who didn't deserve it. What are you creating with your love? And what you create what happens when God says it's time to give it away? Your time, your finances, your kids. Say, yes, it's time for them to 
go into their calling. I know I'm going to have a hard time with that. I'm a protective parent. I may be a little bit of an overprotective parent. And I know that there's going to be a day when God says it's time for them to stand up on their own, for you to give that gift. You've, your love has taught them so much, and now it's time for them to go and be that to others. That's, I've literally had these thoughts. Of like, and when I thought about it, I realized, like, oh, my God, I did that to Gigi's mom and dad. That one day, Mia's not going to come back to my house. On her wedding night, if she's with me, I'm going to give her away, and I'm going to come back home, and she's not coming with me. That kind of sucks. <laughs> but I know that that man is going to absolutely deserve her and take care of her, because I'm going to set a high bar. But that is a gift that is going to be hard to give. Oh, dads, please set a high bar for your kids. For your sons on how they should treat women, and definitely for your daughters for how they should be treated. I told, I've told my daughters, I'm like, whoever comes into your life, if they don't treat you as good as I do, they're not sticking around. Like, no, you deserve the best. And they should treat you even better than me. Like, but that, that's the bar. And these are the gifts that love has to compel us to give these things away. Because that's what God did. We're, we're just, I'm just trying to follow the model of what God showed us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave that thing that was so important to him. Love should compel you to create and gift. Create and give. I mean, that's really, that's the apostolic right there. Create and give. Create and give. You guys heard how loud everybody cheered for, uh, for Jess and for First Friday and for the six hours of worship and all that? <laughs> there is somebody with that child, right? Okay. <laughs> What was I saying? <laughs> Jess, okay, yes. I started First Friday. I started First Friday. Caleb, told me, I said, man, we need, we need a once-a-month worship. He's like, that's fine. He's like, but it's all you. He's like, I will not be there. I mean, he, he was like, I'll be there, but like all the organization, everything, he's like, I will trust you with it. If you're going to do it, that's your baby. And I did it, and I grew it, and me and Gigi, and we did it. And then Jess came onto the team, and gosh, he was like, give this to her. And God's done that so many times in ministry to me, and I have, it's gotten easier and easier, but there is moments of like, I put all the hard work into this. I put the time, I put, I put the effort, and me and Jess have had extensive conversations about this. And, but there is the thoughts. When you give anything away, what if they don't take care of it as good as I did? I guarantee you when you give a child away, especially in marriage, you're going to think, what if, that's my first thought, what if they don't take as good care of her as I do? When people come and babysit, I think about that. I'm like, what if they don't take care of my kid as good as I'm about to? We got to, when you are compelled by love, compelled to follow what God is telling you to do, it ain't about as good as you do it. How many things have God given us that we've just completely dropped and shattered? 
But what does he do? What does the good father do? He picks up the pieces. He picks you up. He says, let's try again. Let's try again. That's what being compelled by love to create and give a gift. Don't give a gift to then sit and micromanage and learn. You're not using that right. You're not playing with that right. No. You got to learn. There's a process. Compelled by love, God's love, like I said, he created and gave to people that misuse it all the time. But he's always, always, what is it? Verse, uh, verse eight. love never ends. That's the beginning of verse 8 in 1 Corinthians 13, the beginning of 8. Love is patient is the beginning, 4, and love never ends. It never ends. Where's your limit? Where's your love limit? This is not to say to lay down and let people abuse you. Not to say, you know, I've had, uh, Scott has had to help me numerous times. I want to solve everybody's problem. And if I have the means, I'm like, if I can, then why shouldn't I? God's been working with me a lot lately. He's saying, just because you can doesn't mean you should. There's things that he wants to teach people also, but where's the limit to your love? Is it, are you the one that controls that? Or is God the one that controls that? Because when you go into First uh, John four eighteen, what does it say? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. What happens when it's time to give your gift away? Will you be compelled by love or controlled by fear? There's too many of us that I believe God is telling us to give things but the fear of, well, they might misuse it. They might not treat right. They might remember what happened to the last time I gave my heart, to the last time I gave my gift to somebody, the last time I tried to help. Compelled by love or controlled by fear? There is no fear in love. So if you are abiding in God and he is abiding in you, then your love that is purely driven by him it will tell you what you are supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. This whole thing came out of Jesus' first miracle. Compelled by love, and, and I'll explain it. The wedding where Jesus turns water into wine. So it says, on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So from a purely growing up Hispanic household, woman, what does that have to do with me? I'll be picking up some teeth off the floor. I'll be waking up the next day. What did you say to me? Nothing, Mom. What can I do to help? What does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. The response to that was, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And then we know that Jesus then tells them to go get uh, the six stone water. 
jars, you know, it's water, water into wine. Hey, it's the best wine. Why is this coming out? Normally, you do the best first and then give the stuff, you know, later when everybody's a little drunk. We know the story. What stuck out so much to me, it was when, when she asked Jesus, she said, the water, the wine has run out. They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, when, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. She doesn't even acknowledge that. So I kept, this is what took me two weeks, honestly. I had to keep asking and asking and asking, why did you do it then? Jesus, then why? I mean, it's in red. Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Jesus said that to her. And then his mom says, just do whatever he says. And then he does it. And I kept asking myself, why? Why did you do that? And it, and it hit me, and that's where the title and all this came from. He said, he was compelled by love for his mom. He was compelled by love, but never out of sync with what the father was saying or doing. Don't let, see, Abraham and Isaac, Right? God tells him to sacrifice Isaac at the bottom of the mountain, and then by the time they get to the top, God's like, nope, don't do it. That's the, that's the simple version. Gives him a ram. What if Abraham was like, no, this is the word of God. Isaac, get, this is the word of God. He said it to me. We'd have no Isaac, and how many other generations from there? How many of us have killed our eyes? How many of us have killed our Isaac because of the word that God gave us yesterday? Jesus only does what the Father says, only does what the Father is doing, says what the Father says. So I believe that when Mary asked him, and he says, Woman, what does this have to do with me? So let's okay, let's take it out of Jimmy's like Hispanic tone, mother tone. Like, let's soften it up a little bit. They have no wine, and Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? That's probably the better way that he said it. My hour has not yet come. In that moment when he consulted the Father, it was not, it was not his time. How quickly? The Bible is not a liar. So Jesus only does what the Father is doing, only says what the Father is saying. So unless Jesus chose to go against God, I have to believe that in that moment, God, Jesus prayed, asked God, because he was compelled by love for his mom. His love for his mom, for his earthly mother, said, Father, can I do this? I know that it is not my time yet, but I can, so should I? Can I? I have no other conclusion than that God said yes. It is your time. Because for him to switch that quickly and then turn the water into wine and not just junk wine that you serve once everybody's had a little, but to the, give the best wine. So Jesus, compelled by love, what's the first thing he does? He creates. The first thing Jesus did was create. He created wine out of water, water into wine. First thing God did, God is love. The first thing God did was create. 
compelled by love for us. The first thing Jesus did was create. I believe, I believe my interpretation is compelled by love for his mother and his unity with the Father. Because he will not do anything that God is not telling him to do. That is how closely we have to walk with the Father and how continually we have to be compelled by love in everything that we do. Because somebody might ask you, hey, can you do this? Or is it time for you to do this yet? Is it time for you to walk in your call? Are you ready? Any of these things, you say, nope, I'm, that doesn't sound like that's good for me right now. Is that your choice or is that God's choice? Because yes, God may have said that. I prayed and told my mom, I, she was praying for me to move to Florida, and I told her, I'm praying against your prayers. <laughs> that I am telling God to intercept those prayers and because I'm staying right here in Michigan. So he's not even listening to your prayers. <laughs> yeah, right. That, we all know that wasn't true. <laughs> Woman, what does this have to do with me? I'm not moving to Florida. No, that did not happen. I totally lost my train. I don't know what I was saying there. But, no, I did. I told my mom, no, we're not moving over there. And then Gigi talked to the father. I thought with everything in me, we were going to Texas when we had Mia. We needed family around us. It was Texas or Florida. I already prayed against Florida, so I'm not going to go back on that. And Gigi, so I was like, all right, let's go to San Antonio. Gigi was like, let's pray about it tonight. I'm like, you can pray. <laughs> I already sent my prayers up. I've been doing it for the last five years. My mom's been trying. And she wakes up the next morning. She goes, I don't know why, but I feel like we're supposed to go to Florida. Now, I could have, when I had moved back to Michigan, I promised God that I wouldn't leave because I promised him I promised I wouldn't leave my son again. I left for the ministry once. Me and Gigi traveled for a little while. And when I came back, I said, I won't do that again. And I made that promise to God. You got to be careful the promises that you make to God. Is that, are these your promises or are these his promises? I've come to realize I've promised God a lot of things that he never had anything to do with. It was never part of his plan. I was compelled by love for my family and for Mia that I had to trust God when he said, yes, go to Florida. I will take care of your son. And I've held on to this for 12 years now. And he always said, he was like, he was my son before he was yours. So compelled by love, I had to give him away. I had to remove myself. But in that moment, we had to consult the Father because I had made promises and I felt I, we were established there, established in a church. And th this is the point that I'm trying to make that just as Jesus, just that quickly, compelled by love, said, all right, God, is this what you want me to do? We have to stay in that mode. We have to stay in that mode of, God, is this what you want me to do? Compelled by love, walking in step with the Father. We have to stay there. God is love. Love created. It was the first thing that love did. It created. Then it said for you to walk in this earth as he did. Be in this, 
in this world as he is. Be the representation of God made in his image. And he loved the world so much that he gave his gift. And Jesus is showing us that at any moment, don't discredit what somebody asks just because it messes up your plan. God sees the end result. I believe that God knew this was not going to mess up anything that Jesus needed to accomplish. Stay in that constant communion, compelled by love. And you guys, I think we're going to be all right. I think we're going to change this world. What are you creating around you with the love that God has given you? What kind of atmospheres are you creating around you? That's what we need to continually walk and ask, and that's why it's so important to be in, in, in a constant state of prayer and asking, Papa, what's next? Me and Gigi have prayed over everything. I remember standing in front of TVs before, like, God, am I supposed to get this TV? Am I supposed to spend this much? Are we supposed to? I'm like, why not? Why not invite him into every single aspect of your life? How many people have made a bad financial decision and that's derailed some things for a little while? What if we asked God before we did that, are we supposed to jump into this? Am I supposed to jump into this relationship? Am I supposed to jump into this ministry? Am I supposed to jump into this hobby? They seem like simple little things. But if God is love and he created the heavens and the earth for you, then everything in it has a purpose. Everything you do and everything you're not supposed to do, it all has a purpose and a reason. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.